we started out as a trio and all of a sudden Batman and Robin are back together. Hummer couldn't be here. He's down at the Warnable Carnival. Can you believe a man who gets an opportunity to hang out with me and you can't be here on a weekly basis? Well, Alfred's got to be here. I mean, he's the lackey that does all the uh, odd bits and pieces and we hold things together. Does he actually do anything, Hummer? I don't think so. He allowed Wally to host this last week. It was very good, Wally, by the way. Well, where's Wally? Uh, he's in Warnable too. And you know what they're doing? They're what? drinking a hell of a lot of piss. I said to him yesterday, because we had a horse win yeah. yesterday, uh, what are the best tips for race eight and race nine late in the day? Yeah. And he wrote back, piss. <laughs> <laughs> They're having fun there. Yeah, it was late in the day and waterable. The boys were going on. But the only good, good thing Hummer has brought to this podcast is a sponsor. He brought yes. us a sponsor. Finally. In Hugo Wines. And the great people from Hugo Wines have sent us all a case. This is a McLaren Vale Grenache. So Hugo Wines, have yeah. a look at that one. That looks beautiful. I think there's some Shiraz out there. And- yep. It's all under Hummer's desk, so they won't Beautiful. be there when you get back, buddy. Yeah, thanks. That's we've got our first uh, sponsor, Hugo Wines from McLaren Vale. So get yourself a few bottles. All right, let's get into the footy. Uh, footy clubs, Matthew, are known universally as having amazingly tight ass people, well, they particularly breed. when they can get a million dollars a year. Some yeah. on, you know, the minimum wage is around three hundred grand at the moment, which is a massive amount of money. But tight ass is everywhere. Yeah, it is. I think the more money these guys make and it goes back to our day Nathan the more you get the more you want for free you know mm. there's people around the club that own businesses and they're always giving you something for free yep. so it actually breeds tight ass <laughs> get out of Brett Delito we're not talking about you though mate we're talking about Jack Rewalt who what's why, he done why he got fined a thousand dollars right a thousand dollars for Jack it's still a big amount of money it that is. he pointed out but for Jack Rewalt let's be honest he's on about eight hundred thousand dollars a year you're not playing for a long time Jack just accept the fine you tight ass all of a sudden he goes there and now he's got to pay $1,500, which I find funny. And the club lost ten grand as well, I think, didn't they, for challenging it? They, they should make Jack pay for that. There are some notorious uh, tight people around footy clubs. Have you got I, a few? Well, I'm going to mention a couple quickly. One uh, former coach, and I'm not going to mention his name because, quite frankly, I'm scared of him. So I'm not going to say his name. You can do your own work there. <laughs> you didn't have many coaches, did you? No, I didn't. But this particular coach uh, one day was having a party at his house after the game. It was a Saturday game at the MCG. He was having a bit of a get-together at his house that night and he had the property steward and trainers from the club go around. I'm not saying it was Richmond either, but he went around. (laughs) All the players are icing their knees, icing their ankles after the game, as they do. Once the players had finished with that ice that had been used, he got the trainers to get all of the leftover ice and pour it in a big bag and took it home to ice the drinks (laughs) at his party. That is a former coach. One former player, I won't mention his name, Boomer Harvey. <laughs> he lived out in the eastern suburbs, out around sort of Park Orchard, somewhere yeah, out that way. So, way. so to get home, he had to take uh, CityLink, E-tag uh, tolls. So just to get home so that he didn't have to pay the tolls, he would drive 20 minutes out of his way to avoid the Eastern Freeway. That is the true story. Come on, Boomer. True story. And our fearless leader on the Sunday footy show, Tony Jones, once invited all the boys around from Channel 9 for a barbecue um, and then uh, asked them all for 30 bucks for uh, the food drinks. If you're going to put a barbecue on, TJ, you supply it for everybody. You don't ask people for money, that's for sure. We don't. One of the other topics I reckon, uh, NATO over the weekend is the form of Gary Ablett. Mm. He, he is on fire. And now it's got people talking, should he play on next year? Well, he certainly should. And the other one is Dave Mundy. I was over in Perth 
on Friday night. What do you reckon? Do, you, do we retire too early, these champions? I mean, I we think just... we have in the past. Yeah. Definitely when we come through that late 2008, 9, 10, 11, we, we, we get rid of them pretty quickly. But yeah. I think we're realising how valuable they are. And if you give them enough time, I think they don't train as hard these days. Yeah. Um, they don't flog themselves as much at training. So it's, uh, their bodies are in better shape than what it was 10 years ago. So if a player can add to your playing list, and if someone's knocking down the door and you're down the bottom end of the ladder, I'd yeah. be playing these guys. I'd be playing Gary Ablett next year. Dave David Mundy goes on again. They've got to they've got to play on. And I reckon now with the I guess the thinning out of talent because of the expansion teams, you can't get rid of guys. You need to, to hold on to them. And I reckon St Kilda got rid of probably Matanya and, and Rewalt too early. Yep. Boomer Harvey, he could have kept playing. They're too good a player, so I think you've got to hold on to them a bit longer. You do. And speaking of the Cats, are they the best team in the competition at the moment? Because they're the favourite with sports bet. They're into $4, the favourite for the first time this year. I love their forward line, and I love the fact that it is a different forward line to anything else that's going out there. You've got Tom Hawkins out of the goal square, Gary Ablett, who's up and back, who is, who's a jet at the moment, yeah. Gary Rowan, who leads that hard and can mark the ball above his head. So he compliments Hawkins. Yeah. And then you've got the small guys in Atkins and Myers who are just I, ravenous at the footy and they can both use it as well. I think I think they're the best thing that's happened to that Geelong forward line because we know the talent was there. And yes, Rowan's come in, he's got talent and he's kicking goals. But one thing Geelong lacked was a heap of pressure in their forward half. It would come out a little bit too easy, put their midfield under pressure to defend. It's been Myers and Atkins, the unsung heroes, I reckon, that have made them better. That then allows their super defence to set up. I mean, how yeah. good Stewart going? Harry Taylor's back in you know the form that he was in his premiership years. Blitzass in career best form. Collar Jasney in career best form. They deserve to be flag favourites. And well done to Chris Scott to reinvent the side the way he has. And not only reinvented, he's tinkered with it a bit and gone yeah. in with a different uh, process. Um, can Frio make the eight? Uh, yeah, they can because they play, you know, 11 home games at Optus Stadium and it's hard to go to Perth and win at the best of times. Now Frio are in form. They've got good balance all over the ground now. They've got a good Hamling and Pierce are a good uh, defence, good key posts. Tabernar is becoming more consistent. Hogan up forward and all of a sudden they've got great key position players lob into the ruck, so I think they can. There's a lot of things I'd trust you with. Matthew, and I've trusted you with a lot of things in the past, yeah. but kicking a goal for my life wouldn't be one of them. Well, I kicked 800. I mean, I, <laughs> you kicked, a a lot. I've, I kicked a few too, though, didn't <laughs> you I? Did. Let's be honest. You did. You did kick a lot. But you came up with, you wanted to talk yeah. about, uh, on the back of David Mundy, <laughs> who you would kick for your life. And yeah. uh, I'm just saying that I wouldn't choose you. Well, who would you pick then? If you, okay, I'll set the scene. It's grand final day. It's the 28-minute mark of the last quarter, and someone's got to kick a goal to put you in front. Who are you taking on the set shot? For a set shot, I am going to take right now Jordan Degowie because I yeah, think he really? owns the moment. I think he's a, a technically really good kick. It doesn't mean he, he doesn't miss, but yeah. I think in that moment that you're it. talking, yeah. grand final day, there's some great kicks out there. Luke Bruce, Jack yeah. Gunston are great kicks, great technical set shots. But for the moment, I think Jordan Goe is built for that moment, so I'm yeah. going to take him on the run. From anywhere 55 to 30, yeah. on the run's almost harder to kick yeah. the goal because you rush it. Gary Ablett is the best kick on the run, well, I think, the game has ever seen. Well, we didn't collaborate on this. We, we just had the topic, and I, I'm the same. Ablett on the run, how many times in his career have you seen him run through 50, under pressure, on the boundary line, straight out in front? It doesn't matter. He's he good. kicks it. So I agree with you Gaz. there. I think so. For the set shot, and 
probably because he stung me a few times because obviously I'm a Richmond supporter now, a Nuffy Richmond supporter. Uh, David Mundy, he's twice kicked after the siren to beat Richmond at the MCG. And just over there in Perth on the weekend, in the third quarter, he kicked one on the run. So he, he's very good on the run as well. But then he nailed one from outside 50 on the set shot. I think I'd take Dave Mundy. He's just got a, a beautiful approach, very balanced. He certainly are. Well, what about you on social media this week? Uh, what happened? You, you had a little bit of a stash with a few people around the booing. No, I, I was noticed, angry. I noticed that you came out in support of Pendles and saying it was disrespectful, and then a few people jumped on top, and then you had to go back. Well, Campbell Brown had a crack at me. Campbell Brown had a go. He wrote an article about it. He did. So, do you think that was? Do you think that was necessary? Do I, you? I'm just going to find. Uh, keep keep okay. going. Well, well, I, I, I was out on the ground Anzac Day. Obviously, you know the biggest home and away game of the year. Okay, the umpires might have made a few mistakes, but the umpires were off the ground by this point. Yep. A Vietnam veteran uh, has introduced and presented <laughs> the award. Okay. Yeah. And Scott Pendlebury <laughs> is trying... Angry about it, mate. Try, Scott Pen- No, I will, because Scott Pendlebury is trying to speak Yep. And people are booing I thought him. it was disrespectful, but that doesn't mean I can't get humour out of you on social media. <laughs> Couldn't believe my ears on the ground today as SP10 was booed accepting the medal today and goes on and on. And then Rob has said, Richo is nothing but a flog, hates Essendon. <laughs> if he had half a brain, he'd realise what they were booing at. <laughs> and uh, so then you've had to go back at Rob. And then um, there's another one with Rowan Connolly. You've gone rubbish. If someone's accepting an award, they've awarded, don't speak, don't deserve to be booed while trying to speak. And that's uh, true. That's Rowan true. Connolly said, pretty sure that's not what Ned's saying, Richard, and agreed it was bad, but he's talking about how the game, be- how that becomes the story instead of the game. So Fair you enough. and Rowan Connolly. Rowan Connolly is the elite Twitter yeah. uh, handler at the moment, he and is. you're going head to head. Well, he gave me a clip, but I, ba- I am not backing down. It was an absolute disgrace. Who's Ned Barn, by the way? Don't know. Not sure. He's got a blue tick, though. I know he's got a tick. Uh, I think he's a Richmond supporter too. When you saw he had a blue tick, do you start to go, oh, hang on, someone with well, a blue I, tick's having a go at me? And I thought he might have a bit more intelligence than me and I mightn't be able to stack up in the argument, but I'm sticking by it. Pendlebury shouldn't have been booed. Yeah. Well, he hasn't disgrace. got more intelligent than you. He's, he's, he's writing in capitals. Right That's on. just rude. Fair enough. Anyway, we'll agree to disagree. Yeah, we will. Well done. What else you got? That's it. You won the punt last week. We I did. Believe. We did. We, uh, we had our first uh, win on the punt. We backed... I can't remember who we backed, but we won eight hundred and eleven dollars. So yeah. we are going to roll that this right. week what are you in the Fremantle at the line. So okay. plus twenty one and a half against Adelaide. Beautiful. There you go. All right, Nato. Every week on the Sportsbet podcast, we've had a burning question, and uh, you know sometimes we've had uh, you know good feedback. Sometimes I've had negative feedback, but this week it revolves around etiquette. On aeroplanes. You're okay. big on etiquette, aren't you? I am. Always have been. I am. I, particularly when you're on the red-eye flight. And I was over in Perth Saturday night at the Fremantle and uh, Dogs game. And I have to get the red-eye home because I had to go to Tasmania for the Sunday afternoon game. So I get on that red-eye. And when you get on a red-eye flight, you, you clearly want to try and get a little bit of sleep, don't yep. you? So I get on the plane. And I'll admit, we were in business class. But there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a difference. Yeah. This, so this puts my credibility out the window but it was an old 737-800 business class is basically premium economy on yep. the uh, 737 anyway there's not enough room to put your seat back really I don't agree with putting the seat back you just you know you're cramping up the people behind you fair enough if you're up in business class and you've got a flat bed you can put it down but so least, you don't put the seat back no, on the airplane I put it back a couple of inches but I don't put it all the way back because I believe that's disrespectful to the people okay. behind you okay but 
on Saturday night, I was that tired and I just lost track of what I was doing. I put the seat right back. So you went against your own I rules? I did. I your did. Own I, I broke my own etiquette. And believe me, I got the wrath of the guy behind me for the next three hours because this guy wasn't interested in sleeping. And as I put the seat back, I felt his knees go into the seat. So it was a little warning. <laughs> he gave, it was a he gave you a warning. He just put his knees in to give me a little warning, and I realised my was own. It, this is in business class. Yeah, but it was an ordinary business class, right. okay. So who was the bloke? What did he look I like? Know, he was, what, what sort of shape was he? he was he a, a businessman? He was, was he, he was, a young yuppie? Was he, he was what, my what was age, he? and I, I reckon he had had a big day in Perth. He'd had right. a few drinks. Has he burned at the footy? I don't think so. Right. No, but uh, he wasn't interested in going to sleep. So he then broke all the rest of the rules of red-eye flying from Perth, okay? He left his light on the whole way. So everyone else (laughs) has got their light off, but his light is on. And no matter how hard you try and close your eyeballs, you know that his light's still on, okay? (laughs) Everyone else is trying to have a sleep, not him. He's buzzing the flight attendant. He is getting a drink every 20 minutes. He's making a, a real scene of things. He's having a good time. He's having a good time. He's ordering food. Every time the host he comes, he talks as loud as he can to keep everyone else awake. He's going all the way through. He is. He broke all the rest of the rules, and it's not on. When you're travelling on a plane, you have correct etiquette. Because I'm letting everyone know you have the correct etiquette. <laughs> I broke one accidentally, and then he broke the rest of the rules and kept me. Why up do you the think he had flight. so much energy? Did he had a big day on? He what, was, what was. What was he doing? He was sourced up, Nathan. <laughs> that's what he was. But he broke all the rules. Did you think about getting up and making a man of yourself and saying, "Listen here, mate. No, if you don't." Start uh, just following my etiquette rules. No. You might find my six foot four foot up your ass. No, because that is karma, and it comes back to you. But this bloke here, he the karma will the aeroplane yeah, we'll the aeroplane etiquette karma will come back to get well, what's him. It, what's going to happen? To you him? don't turn your lights. What's on. he going to stub his toe when he gets off the aeroplane? Is he? You don't turn your lights on. <laughs> you don't drink and keep everyone else awake. He doesn't give a, a shit. Eye. You don't put your seat and back, and nothing's going to happen to him. And you have some respect and be quiet around the rest of the passengers. Right. Karma. That's it. The karma bus is going to hit him. (laughs) All right, it's time for the Trump Award, Matthew. The Trumpet Award, whatever we call it. Hummer's really really confused us about uh, what's. This is where we give one, two, and three for the best all round over over the course of the round and the three worst on. Has Hummer done the spreadsheet down at one? No, he has not done a spreadsheet, so we we don't know. Who is winning? We don't know who's leading or right. losing or who is winning. Well, what, he, what he's going to have to do when he gets back, Nathan, is he's going to have to go back and listen to all of our previous uh, potties and yep. finally get it together. Well, I don't know enough. whether Hummer gets a gig back in. I'm pretty comfortable here with just two of us. Okay, you well, go first. Wally was better, sorry, last week. Anyway. You're one, right. two and three best on for this week. Best on for this week. So the one vote uh, all the way back to Anzac Dave, I can't even remember the game really, but Nick Floston was outstanding. Yep. I reckon it was just about his best game for the Richmond Footy Club, and he's played some good games, career-high in disposals, but it was his intercept possessions and marks. Uh, Melbourne couldn't get past him. So one to Nick Foston. Two to my mate, Scott Pendlebury, yep. on uh, Anzac Day. He got the medal, was clearly best on ground. I think it was his third or fourth Anzac Day medal. Uh, he's a superstar, Scott Pendlebury. And I gave three votes to the evergreen Gary Ablett. Yes, he, he has embraced that forward role now. I reckon he didn't want to play the role initially. He was probably had his nose out of joint that he wasn't playing in the midfield. He's now realising that he can really extend his career there. Three votes, Gary Ablett. Yeah, well, that's very nice because uh, I'm very, very similar. But um, uh, honourable mention to the guy sitting behind you in business class. I almost put him in for a vote. <laughs> 
Can you, do you, you know me. How angry was oh, I? Oh, you would have been angry. You would have been really angry. You would have been one of those sprays that used to scare all our teammates. Uh, I, I was tossing up whether to give one vote to Cornelio or Joe Danaher. In right. the end, I gave it to Joe Danaher because I thought his performance Certainly Anzac go. Day was outstanding. I gave two votes to Pendles and I gave three votes to Ablett. So we were very, very similar. All right. Uh, the worst on ground. I don't like doing this. You made me do this at mm. the start of the year. I was down in Launceston on Sunday for Hawthorne and uh, Carlton. And unfortunately, down back, Kieran Brand had a day he'd rather forget. Just a bit fumbly. Caden? Is it Caden? I think, I don't know. It's, it's I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Three votes to Brand from Hawthorne. He's he, got a good brand. He didn't have a good day, all right? He fumbled a bit. And, so yeah. it was three votes, was it? No, one vote, okay. sorry, for him. One vote. What is his name? I think, I'll, I'll look it up. Kieran keep, Brand. Keep going. I think. Keep going. Anyway, I gave two to Goldstein from North Melbourne. Big top goal. Not because of his game but because of the comment he made, which was just a throwaway line, but it was a little bit naive. He had a throwaway line during the week about the media being a necessary evil. Now, I understand when you're playing, you think the media is just there to get you, but a lot of these players that say things like that, when they get into their twilight years, and I was the same, so I know from experience, they start looking for jobs in the media. Yep. So just you got to be careful. Suck it up, Goldie. So you just got to suck it up. You do it's uh, it's a necessary evil. It's you big geek. <laughs> That's a joke. Don't be silly, Nathan. But how do these guys think their wages get paid? The media rights. So anyway, Goldie, two votes. And I gave three votes again to the Melbourne Football Club because it just gets bad to worse for them. Well, I gave one vote to the West Coast Eagles. I thought their performance in what was the game of the round was pretty ordinary. You know, the term they don't come to play gets thrown around. You say, what does that mean, don't come to play? Well, it was pretty much what West Coast did on the weekend. That's a nonsense, that call, isn't it? It is. It is. I don't know why I brought it up. Two votes to Jack Rewalt for uh, things we've already spoken about. You're a tight ass, And I gave three votes... <laughs> To Jasper Pittard. I don't think I've seen a, a, a worse quarter of football you, played by an individual. And he, he wears long sleeves like Jasper. And it looked okay at Port Adelaide because they are black. But when you wear a North Melbourne long sleeve, it's so white and you've got the blue stripes. And then he butchered the footy every time he got it against his former team. I just thought he, he had a mare. Do you realise we've become complete imbeciles and flogs? Yep. We have, haven't we? Why? Oh, just—it's a lot easier when you're watching the game than what it was playing. It is, but yeah. I've just realised we, we have. I've just <laughs> right here and now. I've just realised that's the three-two-one. All right, let's quickly run through the games of the weekend. Port Collingwood Friday night should be a beauty. Yeah. Port Adelaide three dollars twenty. Collingwood a dollar thirty. Yeah, this one here, Nathan. Two highest disposal teams in the competition. I think uh, Collingwood 407 and Port 406. They both love to control the footy. So whoever can get the hand on it more in this game will win the game because they just once they get it, they don't give it back. They like to control the tempo. And that's what left uh, Collingwood down against Essendon. Once Essendon got it into that frenetic mode, Collingwood couldn't cope with it. Uh, I think Jamie Elliott coming back is a big in. Mason Cox... Is a big out. Ben Reid can come in and fill his role. But I think Elliot in at home, although it's not at the MCG, I can't tip against Collingwood. Port have never beaten Collingwood at Marvel Stadium. It's going to be close, I reckon. I think Collingwood win, but I, I love Port Adelaide. Are they the best 
unknown defence. I mean, they're not unknown in Adelaide, Jonas. but um, you got Jonas who's out, but you got Doodle Howard, you've got uh, Cleary, and you've also got uh, Houston who yeah. uh, they they really get beaten those trio, and I reckon uh, they're going pretty well at the moment. Yeah, the only thing I will say about that is Collingwood's forward line so different to everyone else. Ben Reid will come in and play that line tall, but the rest of them are all so dangerous and they're those hybrid type forwards. So they might be able to get that at uh, Port Adelaide defence, I think. All right, game of the round is clearly the Essendon v Geelong. And I think if Essendon win this, I think Geelong are going fine. They're they're, they're $4 to win the premiership. But if the Bombers win this one, we have to start talking about them in premiership contention because they're $18, I think, at the moment. They're but better than that, aren't they? They've pushed Collingwood yeah. and they they rose in most people's expectations on the back of a loss. If they can beat the Cats, they are pretty much bona fide options, aren't they? Who's the best player? Who's the most important player for Essendon? I oh, know this is a question without notice. Who do you think it is? Oh, every time Kyle Hooker yeah, plays well, the Bombers play well. Yeah, I think so. You look at uh, their form, it coincides with Hooker coming back in. It frees Hurley up. I yep. think he's their most important player. $1.48, uh, the Cats, $2.60 for the Bombers. You can't tip against Geelong, though. No. I mean, they've just been far too good. They're the best team in the comp at the moment by about 10, yep. 10 to 15%, I think. They defend well. The, the thing in Essendon's favour here, and the thing why I like Essendon, and I do like them at the line, their ground down in Geelong is very skinny, the Cats. Yeah. They come to the MCG yeah. where that style is a lot harder to defend because mm. the MCG is so wide. Yeah. Plus 14.5 for the Bombers, I don't mind that. I mm. think the Bombers can use the width to their advantage against the Cats. Yeah, they've been impossible to score against at Geelong, but Hawthorne, you know, put over 80 points on them at the MCG. So it is harder to defend, but I can't tip against them. They're, they're just complete across the ground at the moment. Reece Stanley's form has been outstanding from about three quarters of the way through last year, and he's been a big reason Geelong are better. So, yeah, I take the Cats at the G. And Adelaide Fremantle? Oh, at home, Adelaide, I think. Adelaide have... Started to find a bit of form. Eddie Betts is back in form. Yep. Tex is back in form. Um, I just think on the Adelaide Oval. Frio have been really good, but at home I can't go past the Crows. Starting to find a bit of form. Haven't beaten anyone, though. And yeah. Fremantle did go to GWS up there in Canberra and beat GWS. So $3.25, Fremantle. The Lions, 21.5. Adelaide, $1.33. This will be a close game. Yeah, well, the player I love at Frio at the moment is Michael Walters. Yeah. He, he can do everything. He can mark the footy when he goes forward. He's got a bit of a licence like Dustin Martin to, to go forward when he likes. He's one of the reasons they're better this year. Monday's in, in just about the best form of his career. Fife's firing. Um, but at home, I'm, I'm tipping Adelaide. All right, just quickly, uh, before we go to the next thing, yep. uh, rising star debate. Connor yep. Rosie is firming. I think uh, Sam Walsh is $1.50. Connor Rosie's coming to about six. Sam Walsh or Connor Rosie? I think Sam Walsh. He looks like he's played 150 games. I heard someone down in Launceston on the weekend go, oh, but can he get any better? You know, they, they talk about these guys that come in and play like that straight away. Yep. Even if he doesn't get any better and he plays 200 games like he's playing now, that's pretty good. Does he have to get better? Yeah. I don't think so. He's pretty consistent. So I think Walsh in front of Rosie. I'm just going to go Rosie. I like I like the swagger. I like what he's got about him. He can kick goals, but both great players. All right, I'll just throw a few at it, and you just give me a name. You right spoke on. about Walters before. Walters or Betts? Oh, well, Walters now because he's younger. McKay or Kurnow? Over their careers, obviously, Betts. Sorry. McKay or Kurnow? Well, McKay right now. Josh Kelly or Stephen? It's Ken- McKay, I think. Stephen. Okay. Sorry, McKay <laughs> or Kurnow? <laughs> Did you find out if it was Caden or Kieran? I haven't checked yet. And, Who was that uh, one? Brandy. Uh, uh, Josh Kelly or Stephen Cornelio? Oh, gee. Well, right as we speak, Josh... Uh, no, Stephen Cornelio kicks more goals. Jack Rewalt or Nick Rewalt? <laughs> Over their careers, 
Nick, but Jack's closing in. And Duncan Callaway or Andrew Callaway? Different players. Not good I, didn't enough. A- I didn't ask if they were uh, different players. I asked for a choice. Duncan. Nice one. That was good. This is where we pick the mind of Richo. So we open up some questions, and normally it's me and Hummer, but I thought yeah. I'd get some help from uh, the Sportsbed family, and we put a tweet out for some people to ask you what some questions. What was the hashtag on that? Uh, I don't know, Matthew. Right. I, I don't get into hashtags, but uh, we've, we've had one coming live since the start of the show. There's people right streaming this uh, yeah. show live, and they wanted to ask you about your shirt. Oh. <laughs> you, you, you wondered whether you were too old to wear a flat peak cap. What's um, wrong with this shirt? No, nothing. I, I didn't ask the question. There's people on Twitter asking, How is could- Matthew too old to wear wear that shirt what is this going out live now is yeah, it it's live there's, there's a few coming in <laughs> i like it the control room's laughing as well all right is this a good shirt in the control room i think it's a good shirt all right it might be strobing a bit nathan one of the other questions we we had was uh, what was the biggest offer from another club you had really mm. uh from Fremantle. and how much bigger was it than richmond's offer 20 percent bigger Okay, this is from John Analytics, yeah. the best fullback you ever played on. Oh, gee, that's tough. When I first started playing, you had guys like Silvani still playing. Spud Frawley was a Victorian fullback. Mick Martin. Uh, I would say my toughest opponent, though, was Glenn Archer for a couple of years. Ooh, Glenn Archer. And on the back of that question, then someone called at Tomo underscore SCT said, surely your biggest opponent was your brain <laughs> and the little man on your shoulder. Did he ask that question or did you ask it? Give us a look. Right there. I That's did. A- no, it's a fair point and I battled with it over my career. It actually is a fair question. He yeah. could have put it in a nicer way, Tomo. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I had some mental difficulties out on the ground, Nathan. Some mental demons, Matthew. But you know what? By the age of 30, I actually uh, I went and saw uh, a psychologist oh, for six months you. and I played better footy after that. I was actually consistent, Nathan. Did he take a while to uh, just unwind? Well, it took six months, on? as I just <laughs> said. <laughs> Why'd you look at me head as you said it? <laughs> It took him six months, but he got there. I'm surprised it only took him six months. <laughs> You're an erratic sort of uh, individual out in the footy field. No, completely different yeah. to the man that you present in the media yeah. and the man that goes to the pub and has a counter meal who well, is very good now. etiquette. I meditate now. Do you really? Yeah. You and Das get, get together and we meditate, do, do you? What do you, do. What, do you, what do you think about when you meditate? You should meditate? try it, Nathan. Guru Swami? You should actually try it, to Yeah, be honest. No, I, I look like a meditator, don't I? <laughs> hey, that'll work for me. You got any more? You meditate, do I you? I do. It's very peaceful and calming. Makes you more patient as well. Do you cross your legs when you do it? No, you, that, see, that's a stereotype. Right. You know? I did it on the train. Have on you the turned way into here. an anti-vaxxer as well? No, I'm not going that far. <laughs> but uh, on the train on the way here today, you just I sat peacefully in, in the, the corner train. and had a little meditation. That's why I'm very level on this show today. Okay, okay. Let's keep going. This is from Kyle the Wizard. Why don't Foxtel hire blokes that can actually commentate and talk about the game instead of getting ex-players who have inside jokes repeating themselves? Um, he's been listening to Triple M as well. That's a little bit harsh, but I, I understand what he's saying. He just wants to hear the commentary on the game. But he says Foxtel. He doesn't say Channel Seven. No, nah, but UVT it's and Dars all laugh at each but other. But I think he would be referring to all commentators. Yeah. It's a fine line because you've got your footy, you, you know, you've got your real footy heads at home who want to hear about the stats and, and the game. But there's other people at home that aren't complete footy heads, and yeah. the the audience is a big cross section, and they want to probably hear a bit of fun and banter like you, yeah. you said about Triple M. So you've got to get a balance right. So I agree with what he's saying. You can't have it all one way or the other. But I think a bit of balance is important in the commentary. Next one is from at Froggy Bennett. Best game you ever played personally? Ooh, best game I ever played personally. Um, 
It wasn't a big game stats-wise, but we, we won a final in the MCG. Well, you're not going to go down to like the team, team route, are you? Okay, I'm not going to go down that route. I had 21 <laughs> marks and seven goals against Fitzroy in 1996. Is that what you wanted to hear? You, you, you chose a team that went out of the competition. <laughs> I cashed in, though. 21 marks okay. is a lot in a game. Uh, two more to go. At Maruso89, who's your tip for Eurovision? <laughs> is there, who's in it from Australia this year? Guy uh, Sebastian? Uh, yep. No, it's not him, is it? It's someone like that, though. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to take the Nordic heavy metal band. Oh, from, yeah. from Norway. Nice. There will be one. Um, and uh, when do you think you'll start using Just For Men on your hair? Never. That is one thing I will not do. Okay. You're so really you're, obsessed with my hair, aren't you? Are comfortable about it going grey? Well, I'm 44, Nathan. Yeah, I just uh, thought you'd hang on for a bit you, longer than that. When you get into middle age, your hair tends to change colour. Okay. <laughs> you're a fucking <laughs> All right, Matt. Yes. Speaking about heroes, and I was walking in North Melbourne the other day. I went down to the chemist, and there's some weird and wonderful people in North Melbourne. But there was what this were one you getting bloke, at the chemist. Uh, just some. I had a headache, so I had to get some Panadol. Um, sure, it wasn't your hair tablet. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That, that uh, I have to go to the doctor to get that one. <laughs> the old finasteride. Hey, um, and this bloke walked past me in North Melbourne. He would have been mid fifties. Clearly, looked like a smack. He had the smack trackies on. Um, he was a bit all over the shop, but he was walking along commentating himself and I, I love people like this he's walking along commentating himself but he was commentating himself in a game uh and but he was putting past collingwood players in it oh, i love that so he was going malane gets it out the barroom gets it to banks and then he just go into expletives all over the place and people like like keeping 20 meters away from him and it got to me thinking because i as a youngster yeah. i used to play well, footy all, in the backyard we all do that and who, who were you because myself I'd, i was a carlton supporter yeah so i was always the man that gave it to the dominator were um, you greg williams then? passed it no i was myself put myself oh, on the right. carlton side give it to the dominator right. and the dominator would kick a goal so so you did it differently to most kids most kids were one of their heroes yeah like i was michael roach but I, I put myself in yeah most kids are michael roach or yeah. you know i was star waitman if i went onto the ball I was you know the big general Mark Lee because yep. I was a Richmond supporter but you actually were you ever David Cloak uh, not no I was never Cloak I was always Disco Roach if I was down back I might have uh, I might have been big Emmett Dunn playing in the back pocket the big policeman but I was never myself I never played myself unlike mm. you I'll tell you what my, my brother used to do did you ever you would have played the test cricket in the backyard yeah we actually were opposing teams Andrew my brother was always Australia I was the West Indies I was always Kirtley Ambrose because well, you big lips <laughs> <laughs> you were waiting for that weren't you I was normally Kirtley Ambrose hence what you're saying and we actually would fill the whole scorecard out for the game mm. You know, the opening batsman, you'd have runs, you'd commentate, and I used to love doing that. Uh, have you ever met your hero? Because many years ago, mm. I met my hero who... who uh, I've got a lot of heroes. I've got footy heroes and music yeah. heroes, but massive Oasis fan when yeah. I was younger. And uh, I got into a lift once in a hotel, and Liam Gallagher was yeah. the only one in the lift. He was standing up against the wall. Where was that? Uh, in Brisbane. Uh, yeah. And he had like a big, long trench coat on, which was buttoned up to yeah. here. Yeah. And he had the head, uh, the hood pulled down, sort of a little, um, like a Paddington Bear yeah. type little setup. Did and he, he had it? sunglasses on. And I looked at him, and I and it was six floors to go down. Yeah. And I said, Liam, how are you, mate? And he turned his head and went. Didn't even say that was it. That was That was all I got was. The fact that he, I was happy with that. The fact that he acknowledged you, yeah. though, you would have been happy. I was happy with that. Um, 
Yeah, I guess as a kid, I met my footy heroes. My old man played at Richmond. I remember him taking me into the rooms uh, on school holidays and meeting Michael Roach, who I just spoke about, and could not have been a nicer bloke, Disco Roach. So that was a good experience. I had a bad experience as a kid. What was his nickname, Disco? Uh, It was because there was a song back in the day called The Disco Duck, and every time he had a few beers, he'd sing this Disco Duck song. Yeah, anyway. I had a bad experience Not once. Not as interesting as I thought. Hey? Not as interesting as no, I thought. No, but that's what he... Th- all the, the fans think it was because mm. he was crazy. Good at the disco. Go off at the disco. Yeah. It's not that like at all. Like you. That wasn't me. Um... As a kid, I met the English cricketers at the Devonport Oval when I was probably about 10 or 11 years of age, and I loved my cricket. Went down to watch the Poms in the Nets, and the opening batsman, Chris Broad, Stuart Broad's father, and Bill Athey were in the Nets. And I loved all the cricketers. They were all my heroes. Waited for about two hours at the Nets with my autograph book, waiting for them to come out. And the first guy to come out was Bill Athey, the English opener. It was in 1987. And we'd been waiting there. He knew there was only three or four kids there watching. And I asked him for an autograph. He didn't even look at me. He walked straight past me, straight into the sheds to have his shower and get his gear off. And I couldn't, I was staggered. I could not believe it as a kid. Gave you nothing. I immediately had a hatred for Bill Athey. <laughs> Bill Athey. Right? So I went to the game the next day. It was the West Indies v England at the Devonport. Did Oval. you boo him? I did boo him. And he deserved to be flat. But that's all right when they're playing. Yeah. This was different, Nathan. He okay. was winning an award. <laughs> and... Uh, Bill Athey went out there and Malcolm Marshall knocked his middle stump out of the ground first ball and I could not have been happier. How many? Oh, first ball. First Go- ball. Great. Golden. Great gun. result. It was a good result. I hate Bill Athey. All right, Nathan, uh, I like this segment. It's the movie line. We've had some good ones. And had some crackers. And we've had some bad ones. But this week I set you the task of uh, solving the problem down at the Melbourne Football Club. And we're basing it off a great scene in the movie Pulp Fiction. Great movie. And that scene is uh, where Vincent Vega and Jules Winfield, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson, they go round to Jimmy Dimmick's house. Jimmy. Who is Quentin Tarantino. And they bring around uh, Winston Wolfe to solve the problem. And uh, let's just go to that scene first. You're Jimmy, right? This is your house? Sure is. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. Good, we got one. So I heard. May I come in? Uh, yeah, please do. You must be Jules. We should make you Vincent. Let's get down to brass tacks, gentlemen. If I was informed correctly, the clock is ticking. Is that right, Jimmy? Uh, 100%. Your wife, Bonnie, comes home at 9.30 in the a.m., is that correct? Uh-huh. I was led to believe if she comes home and finds us here, she wouldn't appreciate none too much. You wanted that. All right, that gives us 40 minutes to get the fuck out of Dodge. Which, if you do what I say, when I say it, should be plenty. Now, you got a corpse in a car, minus a head in a garage. Take me to it. Jimmy. Uh-huh? Do me a favor, will you? Don't let you melt some coffee back there. Would you make me a cup? Uh, yeah, sure. I love that scene. The cracker, wasn't that it? That is absolutely brilliant. How good is that scene? Right, uh, let's get into it then. So I set you the task. You're playing Winston Wolfe. Yep. I'm Mark Quinton Tarantino, Jimmy Dimmick, a.k.a. Simon Goodwin. And uh, Travolta and uh, Samuel L. Jackson will be playing the roles of uh, Viney <laughs> and Max Gorn. <laughs> All right. Get it up. Here we go. I've just rang the doorbell. You're goody, right? This is your house? Sure is. I'm Mr. Wolfe. I solve problems. Well, we've got one. So I heard, Mark, come in. 
You must be Max Gorn, which would make you Mr. Jack Viney. Let's get down to brass taxes, gentlemen. If I was informed correctly, and I think I am, the clock is ticking. Is that right, Goody? 100%. I was led to believe if we come home with our loss, the media won't appreciate that none too much. The border's right behind us right now, but more of the same old shit, and the shit might hit the fan. Is this correct, Goody? Pretty much. That gives us about two hours to get the fuck out of Dodge. So if you do what I say, when I say, we should be okay. Now, you've got a forward line that can't score. You've got a defence that can't stop being scored against. Goody, you did me a favour with you and see how far away Jake Lever is. And go and check on that fat farm to see where your new recruit is. Sure thing. Who's that, Stephen May? Yep. I need to know about this forward line. I need to know everything about it. What have you done with Tom McDonald and who stole him, who stole his ability and where have you hidden him? And I can't locate this Jesse Hogan fella used to have. Well, apart from the way it looks, it's pretty cool down there. Okay, here's the plan. You're going to bleed out until you get Jake Lever and May back. Inject McDonald back there. We need to keep you alive long enough to have a chance. Get Frost to bring the ball to ground. Hibbon and Harms get on that footy. They haven't touched it yet this year. Petrarca into the midfielder, for God's sake, get the boy to run. Oliver at full forward is not an option. Max, you need to spend more time in the goal square to kick goals and allow Prusa to ruck. We need more goals, and for God's sake, Harden Wiedemann up, would you? Please, it'd be nice, Mr. Wolf. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Good job. Is Hummer back next week? I hope not. But he did get us some more. Here goes once. Thank you.